Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now we venture over as we start to take a look around the NFC North. Jeff Rieger, 97 won the ticket in Detroit. You can find him at Rieger, R-I-G-E-R, 1984 on Twitter. Joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Jeff, how are you doing today? What's going on, Bill? What's the word? Well, uh, we're just kind of anxious to get this season underway now that our basketball team is uh, is out of the postseason, so we're hoping the Packers can do something. But uh, talk about Detroit, because I wonder what kind of a fly in the ointment they're going to be this year. Yeah, well, first of all, at least you had a basketball team in the bubble, so congratulations <laughs> on that. You know, here in Detroit, uh, we don't have very much, although the Tigers are surging looking to beat your Brewers today. Um, yes. With that being said, now listen, I mean, I think the Lions have become a sexy pick to win the NFC North just because every year I think some hotshot nationally wants to look good and say, okay, I'm going to pick the Lions. And if it happens, they look like a genius. And when it doesn't happen, nobody holds them accountable anyway. But they should be a heck of a lot better than last year. They were 3-12-1. They lost Stafford at their quarterback after eight games. They went out, they got a whole bunch of expatriates because that's what Matt Patricia apparently enjoys coaching. Their defense was awful last year. Just because it can't be that bad this year, it should be better. And the offense should be pretty good. They go out and get DeAndre Swift. They drafted him. They uh, signed Adrian Peterson to a one-year deal. He's 35, but still, I got to believe he's got tread left on the tire. They got a pretty good receiving duo in Marvin Jones and Kenny, Kenny Galladay, and Danny Amendola was pretty good for them last year as well. And if T.J. Hawkinson, their eighth overall pick of two years ago, the tight end who was injured a lot last year, if he could give you anything, i got to believe it's going to be a pretty good offense. I still believe the defense will not be very good. And they're the Lions. So expect a 7-9, and 6-10, 8-8 eight eight football team, I would say. So with Matt Patricia being the defensive dude, uh, how much pressure is on him to make the uh, the defense better? Because if they're not going to be good again this year, then the question becomes, is it the personnel? Is it the coaching? And do you just feel that they just don't have enough? Their secondary has been something that's been exploited over the last couple of years. They've been good up front, but they just haven't been able to seem to stop the pass, specifically on third down. Yeah, I don't disagree. Like Their number one issue is getting to the quarterback. And they bolstered that D-line a little bit. Trey Flowers was there, Danny Shelton, Nick Williams, Deshaun Hand. That's pretty much what the line's going to look like. They drafted Julian Aquora in the second round. who could come off the edge, too. So if you can get to the QB, I think they're going to be okay. The secondary is going to look a little different. They got rid of their best player in Darius Slade, traded him to Philly. 
and now Desmond Trufant, and maybe Jeff Akuda will be on the corners there, but they're saying Jeff Akuda might not be ready to start just yet. Of course, he was a third overall pick, the highest cornerback drafted since 1997. So I don't know if that's a red flag right there that that guy can't start right away or if they're sending a message. But but you mentioned Patricia, and it's interesting because he has this like pseudo-edict on him. Like, management brought him back, and I believe ownership brought him back because both him and GM Bob Quinn have three years left on their deal, and the Ford family is not in the habit of paying out money they don't have to. So they gave him another year, and they gave him this edict where you don't have to make the playoffs, but you got to, you know, be respectable. So if they find a way to go 8-8, eight and eight, I got to believe they probably keep their job. But you're right. The one thing you didn't mention is, Matt Patricia is a rocket scientist, like a legitimate rocket scientist. And he went to RPI, and I think a lot of people here wish he went to NASA than the Detroit Lions because he's been horrendous in his first two years. Nine and a half wins in his first two years, and you mentioned it, the defense looks bad. He's handing the play calling over to Corey Unlins, his new defensive coordinator. So we'll see if that helps. But if the defense is as bad as it was last year, then absolutely you got to say, you were sold a false set of goods here because this guy is supposed to be Mr. Defense, and that defense was almost the worst in franchise history last year. Uh, you go back to Akuda. I watched him play at Ohio State, obviously, but you, what would be the reason he would not start? That guy's got where he's got speed that if he gets burned, he still has catch-up speed, and he has pretty good hands. He was pretty good at ripping arms and such, so what would hold him back? Just the mere knowledge of the defense? Well, they say it takes a while for a cornerback to kind of get it going. And, and, yes, I would think that's what it would be. Now, I don't know if he had the greatest training camp. But then again, how do you really judge that? Because there was no exhibition games. You're playing against your mm-hmm. own guys. It's, you know, Matt Stafford tore him up a couple of different times. He made some different plays as well. But they also have another guy, Amani Oruri, that is ready to start in that other corner position. Justin Coleman's going to start in the slot. So I, I truly believe it's they want to make sure he's ready. Or the other thing could be Patricia's a Patriot guy, and maybe they didn't like how Akuda looked in training camp. So maybe he's trying to send a message saying, listen, you know, we're okay not starting you despite where we drafted you. It's one of those two things. I don't think it's truly problematic. The only thing that gets me is, again, you drafted a guy third overall, and you passed on maybe the predecessor or the, uh, the you know, the, the next guy, if Matt Stafford ever leaves and Tua Tungabaloa, then, it, you know, you kind of expect a guy of that caliber to start right away. It, it's probably nothing, and you're probably right. It's probably just familiarity with the D, but it raised some eyebrows here in Detroit. How has Quintus Cephas done? We obviously got a chance to see him up close and personal here at Wisconsin, and he just uh, he seemed like he was destined for the NFL, like he could just really develop into something, being the fifth-round draft choice for the, for the Lions. How has he looked? You know, it's a good question because we just talked about Jeff Akuda and Jeff Akuda when Quintez Cephas was drafted by the Lions, went on a Zoom call and said, this is the toughest defender or receiver, rather, I- I've ever covered. So Quintez Cephas early on had some really nice moments against Jeff Akuda. Now, he made the team. I got to believe he'll see some time. He's way down on the depth chart. But he seems like he's a guy that they're going to count on to do some things. Marvin Jones won't be around next year, at least that's the belief. Danny Amendola, he's, what, 33, 34? He probably mm-hmm. won't be around next year either. So I think they like Cephas. I mean, Cephas is like that prototypical practice guy, right? So, like, 
he didn't look good at the combine. I mean, he was slow, but yet he, I believe, had the most reps of the 225 in the, in, in the, the bench press. With that being said, he's looked really good at camp, and I think maybe that's why he drafted the, uh, to, to the fifth round, or fell to the fifth round, rather. He's got a good leaping ability, too. He's got a, there, there's some guys that have a natural ability to go get a ball at the apex, and he's been that guy. At least he was for Wisconsin, so we'll see what he develops into. When you talk about uh, Matthew Stafford, he got hurt last year. Yeah. Uh, coming back from a, a broken vertebrae, I mean, it's not something you take lightly, so how has he looked? Good. Very good. But, again, it's hard to tell because you're going against your own defense, and it was such a bad defense last year. But – it seems like the strength is back. The accuracy has always been an issue with Stafford, but the power arm is there. Here's the thing about Stafford. It's like everybody wants to say, all right, well, Stafford is back. He was very good in the first eight games. Nobody's going to dispute that. But he's also been here. This is now year 12. So while you guys have had Aaron Rodgers, and, and it's funny because they drafted Rodgers, their apparent, and Jordan Love. And that was a move that I'm sure people understood and, said, hey, listen, eventually you got to move on from Rodgers. Here in Detroit, there is no heir apparent. Like, Tua could have been that guy. They decided not to go that route. They love Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, the problem is, as much as people love him, and they should. He's the best Lions quarterback we've had here in Detroit. I don't know what that's saying, because the quarterbacks have not been good for the most part. But still, he's been very good, and he's a great community guy, a charitable guy, and he seems like an all-around good dude. The problem with Stafford is he's good, but he's not good enough to put an organization that has always been losers on his back and kind of take them to the next level. And that's not all his fault, obviously. But in every big moment, Matt Stafford has kind of failed to rise to the moment. So they're saying this year, I've heard MVP candidate. I've heard he's going to be the most motivated ever. I ask you, why wouldn't he be motivated in year six or year seven? It's been a mixed bag. I mean, he's been great at times, and he's been really lousy at times. And it seems like the times when it's come down against the Packers to win a division against Aaron Rodgers are the times he's been lousy. So I'm not as high on Stafford as others are. If you talk to people around here and you read the clippings, the, the, you would think Stafford's the, the, the next Johnny United. If you talk to a guy like me, I'm, I'm still waiting for more. But early on in training camp, he's been very good. And he seems like he's pretty much put the injury behind him. Talking with Jeff Rieger of 97 won the ticket in Detroit on the Schneider Orange Hotline. That goes back to, with Stafford, the weapons around him. We talked about Galladay, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola, but you've got a pretty good uh, guy in TJ Hawkinson who uh, I know many people really like and thought that he had this really high upside. Also, then the run game behind him, where does that stand? Because I know you got DeAndre Swift uh, with your second pick. Uh, how has he looked as well? You know, it's funny because DeAndre Swift, I thought, was a great draft pick. Drafted him in the second round out of Georgia. I mean, this is a speedster. And by all accounts, he's going to be a tough cover for linebackers coming out of the backfield because, you know, he can also catch the ball as far as run the ball. If you look at the depth chart, and I don't know what you want to put into an early season depth chart, he's the fourth running back. Jerry Ann Johnson, he's been often injured, but definitely has talent is number one. Adrian Peterson, 35 years old, signed to a one-year deal, incentive-laden. He's number two. Ty Johnson from Maryland, third year, I believe. He's number three. And then Jamal Agnew and DeAndre Swift are four. So I I think Swift has that ability to be the X factor. Even though he's really low in the depth chart now, he was also banged up during training camp, he's got a chance to really open some eyes and obviously move up in that depth chart. But they should have a very good 
I don't want to say potent, but a decent running game. And if you know the knock on the Lions, as you do, because the Packers play them twice a year, is they never have a running game. The last 1,000-yard rusher they had was Reggie Bush back in 2013. It took on Johnson two years ago to finally get 100 yards in a game, something they haven't had for, I wanted to say, 60 games in a row, something ridiculous like that. So the run game should be good. You mentioned the tight end. T.J. Hawkinson has a lot to prove. He was all-world in the first game against Arizona. And then he really came down to earth, and then he got injured and was out for the season. So second year, I would assume tight end is a lot like cornerback. It's tough to learn that position. So if T.J. pops and if Swift moves up, I think they could have a pretty good offense, one of the better offenses, you know, in recent memory. Hey, before I let you go, you mentioned yeah. the Tigers. Tigers playing the Brewers. Brewers struggling right now. Give me your yeah. thoughts on this baseball season, Detroit's perspective. Yeah, listen, we're, we're giddy. We're happy. Um, you see, you guys have, like, those playoff things, like your basketball team makes the playoffs, and I know it was disheartening losing to Duncan Robinson in the Heat. That's a Michigan guy right there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I know the Packers, like, you know, they went 13-3, and three, went to the NFC title game. We have none of that. We have the Red Wings, the worst in the game. We have the Pistons, damn near the worst in the game. And the Tigers were the worst in the game last year. So they are one game out of a wild card spot, the final wild card spot behind the Yankees. Yankees have like a $300 billion payroll. The Tigers have a $92 million payroll. So we're giddy. We're giddy because the expectations were super low coming off last year. And the fact that they're still in it on August 9th, make that September 9th, I mean, they're happy. Not to mention they're just calling up another prospect and – We'll see what happens. As far as tonight is concerned, or today, because they play in literally, what, 30 minutes, Matt Boyd's on the mound for Detroit. He's been awful, with the exception of the last three starts. He's been pretty good. So I would think this is a giant game for the Tigers. Big game for you guys as well. But but it's been a nice, exciting sprint to the playoffs for Detroit here. And Tiger fans and, and Detroit fans are eating it up. Well, best of luck to you, Jeff. Maybe things will get a little <laughs> bit brighter in, in the Motor City when it comes to sports. So enjoy it while it lasts, because God knows it's fleeting, and I know that from our perspective oh. as well. Listen, at least we got football tomorrow. That's a beautiful thing. They can't take that away from us yet, at least. That's uh, damn straight right there. Jeff, appreciate it, pal. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Bill. Have a good one, guys. There you go. Jeff Rieger, 97 won the ticket over in Detroit. You can follow him on Twitter at Rieger, R-I-G-E-R, 1984. He joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair 80-plus years. They've been doing it. Call them 844-PRIDE or go to SchneiderJobs.com. That's 844-PRIDE or go to SchneiderJobs.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.